Thanks. Bye. You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM, weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. It is 22 minutes after 3 o'clock. We're in conversation next with advocate Sipo Mandula, senior researcher at the Tabombeke African School of Public and International Affairs at the University of South Africa. King Willem Alexander of Holland and his government have apologized for the nation's role in slavery within their colonies. This follows the 115th commemoration of the abolishment of slavery over the weekend. In his acknowledgement, um, in in this acknowledgement, given um, is this acknowledgement uh, enough given the reparations? We are now joined by Advocate Sipo Mandula. Advocate Mandula, good afternoon, and thank you so much for making time for us. Afternoon, Aldrin and Jambo Africa to your listeners. I have to say, sometimes when I deal with these stories of post-colonialism and colonialists, I find it very awkward and strange that the idea of even their colonies mean that they still have ownership of the post-colonial landscape of the country because it is their former colonies. I don't know if you have that, if you ever have that thing that happens in your brain as well. No, 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 correctly. It has been sitting on the body of literature and even historiography, Aldrin. But let's look at even also international law on reparations, mm. the role of the Dutch, um, uh, East uh, Indian companies, but also the role of the multinationals and the royal families. Because what we see from coming from uh, one country, uh, Netherlands, Denmark, we see Belgium. So there is a trend now coming from these former colonial royal houses and or what you can call royal uh, empires, you know, by talking about the question of uh, apology first, and then the question of reparation becomes a secondary one. But also when you look at the, uh, the what you call the Caribbean states, you have been moving this, if I can date back, if I still recall, since 2001 in the World Conference Against Racism, uh, that was in Durban. The question of reparation from the African diaspora came out very clear. Compared to us in the continent, you know, uh, if one has to look at what we have suffered also, because if you look at this case study of Suriname and also the islands who are close to in Suriname uh, getting this finally uh, apology and reparation, because reparation is also a legal process. Also quantifying the loss, Aldrin, it is sometimes very ticklish or very difficult. Yeah. But as you have alluded earlier, I agree with your analysis about the former colonies that even the Commonwealth is still having power over many African countries. Yeah. So, so with the idea of, of reparations, and now you've made the example, for instance, of Belgium, I think with Germany as well, with the Herero people of, um, of, of Namibia, is that can we really say that there is a finality or definitiveness to reparations, considering that here we're speaking about um, human beings, when we speak about slavery, human beings who are taken from one place to another place to go and build their industries, and they continue to benefit from those industries that were built on the backs of these African slaves? You know, when you think of transitional justice, you might say that it is never-ending game. You cannot say that after we have paid, we have paid reparation, then it is done and dusted. Because remember, as you said, they have already benefited immensely. If you look at the king's wealth, he has acknowledged also uh, William Alexandra. Personally, as, as the family, the, their dynasty has grown because of the, of the sweat and the, uh, and, and, and the strength of the Africans of Suriname. You look also at the question of uh, Congo, 
DRC, how Belgium benefited out of Congo. And at the same time, we still have these challenges of Congo where uh, the multinationals, the mining companies are still exploiting Congo. But when you look at the islands or the Caribbean, it is like I said to you, also from 2001, I recall 2013 also, CARICOM raised this issue once more. Hence, we have this debate also of removing this queen from being the king and the head of the state in most of the Caribbean states. But I don't think they have tackled uh, this elephant in the room, which is reparation and quantifying the damages that they have also suffered during that period. So we've also seen with the president of um, the president of Portugal, Marcelo, Marcelo Rebelo de Sousa, when he met with um, with Lula um, de Silva yeah. from from Brazil. Again, this issue around slavery came up, and the question then is that how do we quantify how much should be paid? Yeah in reparations to people whose livelihoods had been disrupted, but also the, the yeah. because the, the other thing about colonialism is that its legacy continues to live on and we are a reflection of that as a country like South Africa. No, no, correctly. But as we talk of Marcelo uh, from uh, Portugal, I think Portugal also, history points them as one of the crime scene, as one of the perpetrators. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and secondly, when also he said South Africa, again, you find... The role of the Portuguese also in apartheid, yes. You know, they might say that they've been anti-apartheid movement, but we know their role. And secondly, as you're talking about engaging with Brazil, being African diaspora uh, state also. And these are the issues that quantify, you know, it was only brother leader, if I can tell you, when he went to the UN and put a price to say it will be trillions, actually, uh, if you have to pay reparation. He went on to say you are a bit struggling with your mathematical analysis of quantifying, but let's look at how Africa has lost this perpetual uh, exploitation, as you have uh, alluded now. But also we see how the IMF and the World Bank and the issue of global transformation of the systems. But this issue of the kings in the islands in Africa, Aldrin, it is sending a signal, it's sending a wave of either maybe it is the the decolonial period we are in or we are entering into the new imperialistic state once more yeah do you think that they would be able to sway those companies that benefited from colonialism as well the likes of the bs no definitely look at how we're is moving now on the parity on 50 even if it's 75 25 but the issues is also to move towards accountability is towards uh, the survivors and the victim beneficiaries being identified and to avoid the red tape and also for international law to be I mean, to be redefined, you know, we, there's a need for us to unmask maybe this international law that has not worked for the African masses who have suffered under colonialism, slavery, or what Africans call it, mafia, because enslavement also is all about the soul and the spirit of Africans who were sold. But also, how do you correct that? It's not only money that will fix it, but I think acknowledgement of the crime that they've already committed, that says something to how they work they've done to the African continent and African diaspora. Thank you so much for your time. Advocate uh, Sipo Mandula there, senior researcher at the Tabombeke African School of Public and International Affairs at the University of South Africa. It's half past three.